The man who refuses to quit cannot be stopped. My name's Shawn Michael Crane. Welcome to the Unstoppable Mindset Podcast. If you have negative thoughts or feelings about yourself, you have doubt, you have to prove those things wrong through action. I tell people this all the time. Your negative self-talk, your fears, your doubts, prove them wrong through action. Otherwise, they're going to continue to wreak havoc on you in your life. They're going to continue to compromise who you could be. They're going to continue to suppress your potential and hold you back. Every day is an opportunity to get up early. You got to work out. You got to envision the life you want. You got to plan it out. You got to find the time to learn the new skills, to get the new knowledge, to be around the right people. And you got to attack this life like your life depends on it. Today is part three of episode one. In the last couple episodes, I shared with you about my childhood, what I went through as an adolescent, and then being arrested and facing life in prison. So today I want to talk with you about what I actually did in prison to change my life. And now what I'm able to do each and every day of my life because of those decisions and the choices I made while I was incarcerated. I was in the county jail for eight months fighting for my life. At about six months into my time in jail, I got offered a plea deal by the district attorney. Up to this point, I went from thinking that I was going to be released because I knew in my heart I was innocent, and of course the truth has to come out, right? Well, no, it didn't. Everyone at the party was saying that they saw me wrestling around with the guy that was stabbed and almost died. The cops wrote up a police report that painted me out as the prime suspect. I had friends. I had people at the party. I had all these people telling on me. The judge, the DA wanted to send me to prison for the rest of my life. My lawyers didn't care. They actually felt, I feel that my lawyers thought I was guilty as well. The private investigator that they hired didn't really try that hard. There was all these reasons why I could have been upset at these set of circumstances. And I get asked this question all the time. Sean, weren't you pissed off and angry at all these people? Like, man, you were getting sentenced to all these years in prison or you were facing life in prison. You must have been so upset, so angry. And the truth is, I never spent a second of my life being angry at any of them. Some people might think, wow, that sounds crazy. Or man, sure, that's not true. But it is. It's true because when I was sitting in that cell reflecting on my life, I realized I wasted my life because I spent so much time being angry about the past and angry about things I couldn't change. I wasted my life in the present moments I was living because I was unable to deal with or accept my past and move on from it. So by the time I found myself in that jail cell, I knew that I was in a fight for my life. I knew that every day I had to show up and just fight through these negative thoughts. Fight just to get to the next moment without feeling like my mind was just going to explode with guilt, with depression, with anxiety, with fear about my circumstances. And I just knew intuitively I couldn't waste a second being angry, upset with people and things outside of my control. You know, one of the things you learn to do really well in jail is live in the present moment. You stop thinking about the past. You stop worrying about the future. And you just have to find things that keep you busy in the moment. Otherwise, your mind will literally just implode. You feel like you can just go crazy. And you see a lot of people that do time in prison, and they do go crazy. They lose themselves. They lose the ability to control their thoughts 
And slowly but surely after that, they either fall deeper into their addiction or depression. And a lot of people commit suicide in jail and prisons. A lot of people do things that get them killed, all because they lose this ability to live in the present moment. And that's what I was mastering inside my jail cell. I was in a cell for 23, 24 hours a day, and I was mastering that environment. Because I realized that I was either going to find a way to fight and persevere over this massive challenge I was facing, or I was going to just die and wither away in that cell. And it was all on me. So no, I didn't waste a second blaming other people that wouldn't have done any good for me. And I looked guilty. I was wrestling around with a guy who got stabbed. I was there at a party where a fight broke out and I was involved and I ran away. Like I had blood all over me. Like I knew how bad it looked. And I wasn't going to find fault or be angry with these people. All my energy and focus was going to go towards how can I overcome this challenge? What can I do today to improve who I am? How can I make use of this time in my life? And that was my mindset. So when they came and offered me the plea deal for seven years for assault with a deadly weapon, I decided I was going to admit guilt for a crime I didn't commit. And I was going to go do my time. And I was going to use it to my advantage. And I was going to come home the most driven, focused, the best version of myself I had ever been. That was my mindset. But this wasn't just something that I could think or fake and hope that happened. I had to actively create this person. And I had to make every day count in prison. And that's what I did. And it started months and months before I made the decision to take that plea deal. I remember one day I was sitting in my cell. And I just started asking myself, what can I do to better myself? What can I do to improve myself while I'm in this cell today? Because when you're locked up in such tight quarters like that and you're confined, like I said earlier, you try to find things to keep yourself busy, to keep your mind occupied. So every day I started finding these things that I could do that helped me to feel good about myself, but also occupied my time. And this started right when I woke up, I'd open my eyes, I'd pray, I'd reach out to God's guidance for help, for strength. You know, I'd, I'd think about all my family members and all the good in my life, and I'd just try to focus on the positive things. Then after that, I'd clean my cell. Then me and my cellmate would work out. And we didn't just go through the motions. When we worked out, we worked out like it was our last day alive. Like this was the last day we could use our bodies. You know, so many people take their health for granted. So many people think they're going to live forever, and they eat this crappy food. They, you know, put all these substances in their bodies, and they take their health for granted. Do you, you know what it would be like if you woke up tomorrow and your legs didn't work? How you would have wished that you walked on the beach more, that you ran more, you did that marathon? Or if you woke up and you found out that, you know, your health was compromised somehow, some way, and you couldn't exercise, you'd be giving anything to go to the gym, to go push your body. Stop taking your health for granted. Anyway, so I was in this cell and I was finding all these things that I could do to better myself or to busy myself every day. So we'd clean the cell, we'd work out, and then I'd read a book or write letters home. And at this point, you know, I was writing letters home often, communicating with family members, and I wasn't really good at spelling. My grammar, my penmanship was horrible. I hadn't applied myself in school for the last eight years. So I didn't really have a good education at that point. And I, it was showing in my letters. I was embarrassed. I was asking my cellmate how to spell every other word. And one day he finally just threw a pocket dictionary at me. And he said, look it up, man. I'm done. I'm done helping you. And that was the first time in my life that I took on a challenge that made me feel uncomfortable about who I was. But instead of running from it or ignoring from it, I embraced it. And I tell this story all the time about the pocket dictionary because it's so symbolic of life. You know, we have this person that we feel we are defined as. 
And we go through life feeling like that person can't really change or we can't do many things to improve who we are. At least a lot of people do, and I did at that time. I was very close-minded and just unwilling to put forth effort in things. I knew I was a good athlete. I knew I was like a social person. I was good at talking to girls as a kid. I was good at sports. I was you know, good at making friends, but I didn't think I was very intelligent or a good student. And at that point in my cell, I looked at this little dictionary and this letter that I was writing and how the letter just looked illegible. It was embarrassing. And I took it as a personal challenge. This had nothing to do about my cellmate throwing the pocket dictionary at me or anything. It was just a personal challenge. I wanted to improve my writing and I wanted to see that if I put forth effort, I could get a better result. And so every day I started writing these letters and I'd look up all the words I was misspelling. I'd take more time to you know, make my penmanship neat and nice. And in a really short period of time, my letters improved. And I started getting actually family members writing me back saying, hey, your letters look really good. Like my dad in particular would say, is your cellmate writing your letters? You know, he'd clown me. And uh, it felt good for me. It was such a small act, but it was such a profound effect that it had on me. Because it was the first time in years that I had gone out of my comfort zone and tried to do something to improve a part of myself. And in doing so, I realized, man, I can change. Like, I'm not just permanently stuck this way. I'm not just defined as this person I thought I was. I can change anything about myself that I don't like. It just requires effort and willingness consistently over time until you improve your results. So from that point forward, I used that little pocket dictionary every day. In any book I was reading, any words I came across I didn't know the definition of, I'd look it up, I'd write them down, I'd memorize these words, then I'd use them in letters, my penmanship was getting better. And before long, I felt my mind expanding. You know, my memory was improving. And I was memorizing all these words. And I started using them when I talked to my cellmate or people on the phone. I was now changing my vocabulary. And I was really shifting my identity without even knowing it. I was becoming someone who was articulate, someone who was educated, someone who was using their brain, right? For so many years, that part of me was just dormant, non-existent, because I wasn't using it. I wasn't educating myself. And so for anyone listening, I just want to challenge you. Like if there's parts of your life or who you are that you think you can't change, you can't. The only reason you can't is because you believe you can't. But if it's life or death, like it was for me in my eyes, you can change anything about you right now. So my mindset was shifting drastically and I was working out every day. I was educating myself. And for the first time in my life, I was thinking positively about who I was. I couldn't believe that I was having these positive feelings being stuck in this cell facing life in prison. In fact, I remember going to sleep at, at night in jail, feeling this overwhelming sense of love for myself and my life. This was the first time that I could remember since being a little kid that I loved myself and I loved the life that I was living. And I was in a cell for 24 hours a day with absolutely nothing. But it was because I wasn't letting these fears or limitations hold me back anymore. I was just going after whatever was in front of me, and I was being my true self. I was attacking these workouts every day. I was reading and writing. I was just trying to improve myself, and it made me feel good about who I was. It made me feel proud of who I was. I remember I learned an interesting statistic that 85% of people lack self-esteem, and I did too for most of my life. But it was at this point in my life I started to build real and lasting confidence in who I was and what I could do in my life. And it was because I was just taking action every day that helped me to feel good about who I am. That's it. These weren't these big monumental accomplishments. It was just these small daily actions I was taking, these incremental steps forward towards the person I wanted to be that started changing the way I felt about myself. 
and started changing the way I thought about life and my perspective. So when I got to the point where it was either go to trial or take that plea deal, I decided I was going to take the plea deal and I was going to go to prison with the same mentality, the same momentum that I'd been building. And I was going to use that time in prison to my advantage in whatever way I could. And so when I got to prison, that was the approach. That was my mindset. And so when I got to prison, I found out they had college courses that I could take. They had a college correspondence program with Coastline University in Orange County. And I decided that I was going to enroll in those college courses. Had I not picked up that little dictionary and worked to improve my penmanship and just memorize those words, I wouldn't have seen my ability. I wouldn't have believed in myself. I wouldn't have put myself out there to take these college courses. But I ended up doing so. And then every day in prison, I had something to look forward to, something that helped me to improve who I was, something that I could learn, and it gave me a sense of purpose. You know, I tell people all the time, I was never an inmate once in prison. I was a student. I was an athlete. I was a visionary. I was a man on a mission. Every day I was studying, I was learning. Every day I was working out, improving my conditioning, improving my strength. I was creating somebody that I loved and admired. And I started building these disciplines in my life. I started building these habits centered around my fitness, which improved my mindset, which improved my confidence, which elevated my belief in myself, which transformed my identity over time. I'd wake up in the morning in prison, and while everyone slept in our dorm, I would do a thousand squats and a thousand push-ups under an hour. Then I'd go shower up and go to the chow hall and eat breakfast. I would do this before anyone even woke up. And then I'd go into my day. I started educating myself every day which also improved my confidence, which also improved my mindset, my belief in myself, and my identity, again, evolved. And all these pieces were starting to come together. And after about three years in prison, the other guys were noticing that, man, Sean's different. Like, Sean's focused on a mission, a vision. He has something that's beyond these walls that's compelling him each and every day. Like, how do we tap into that energy? How do we tap into that source within? And so I started having conversations with these guys about my workouts, about college courses, about my life, and about who I wanted to be and who I was becoming and why it was important to me. And we just started having dialogue that was different than the war stories, you know, the talks about drugs and the streets and all the stuff that you normally hear in prison. And so at that time, I ended up working out with a handful of guys. I ended up mentoring about a dozen other inmates in that time. And some of them took college courses with me. A lot of them lost weight, got in shape, built confidence. And I started seeing their mindset shift. They started talking differently about their life after prison and what they could do or what they wanted to do. I just saw that I was getting to them and they were starting to change slowly but surely. And it was in that moment that it dawned upon me, man, I want to share what I found within myself with others. I want to help other people break through their inner fears, their limiting beliefs. I want to help other people find this inspiration inside of them that I found within me. And that's when I realized I want to serve and help people in this life. I meant to coach. I meant to give back. I meant to do something. This is my purpose. This is my essence. And it was in prison because I dedicated all that time, all those hours, all those days to bettering myself that I got to a point where other people saw value in me or were attracted to me or drawn to me. And then I could share what I learned with them. And for all of you listening, I get this question a lot. How do I find my purpose? What's my purpose? When you embark upon this journey to become your best self, your purpose will unveil itself to you. That's not going to happen overnight. You know, I love the, the line in the book, The Alchemist, that talks about, you know, the universe is going to help you to uncover your purpose in life. It's going to help you to feel that truth and that calling in your heart. But then the universe is going to challenge you every step of the way to see if you're worthy. And that's life. 
How bad do you want it? What are you willing to do to live that life of purpose, of greatness? Are you going to quit and give up when it gets tough? Are you going to keep pushing, keep fighting? You know, I did 2,007 days in prison. You know how many negative thoughts I had to vanquish in that time? You know how many days where I was feeling lazy, unmotivated, depressed, anxious? I killed all those negative internal states through action. And that's what most people in this world right now are missing. They try to think their way out of a problem. You have to act your way into the solution in this life. You create your outcomes through your daily actions. Sitting there pondering stuff doesn't produce a result. The action is what produces the result. You can ponder and reflect, but you better take action on the other end of those thoughts. That's what I did for over 2,000 days. Perpetual action every single day. Up early, not because I had it to, because I wanted to, because I was a man on a mission. Everyone's sleeping, I'm up working. I educated myself every day. Read every book you could imagine on personal development, on you know psychology, business, sociology, biology, fitness, anatomy. Like I got books sent in. I devoured everything in front of me. I got four college degrees in that time. They gave me four, six months off my sentence because of that. You know, I was able to participate in all these different self-help groups. I was able to work as an inmate counselor. I stayed sober every single day in prison. I came home, you know, in just peak physical condition because I worked out every day. Thousands of burpees, thousands of push-ups, miles and miles around the track. Like I attacked my life every day in prison. It was no different than what's required out here. It was just a different setting. And so when I got out of prison at the age of 29, nearly 30 years old, with $200 in my pocket and no material items, nothing else, I felt fully capable to go and carry out my vision and my dreams, just like I did when I was a kid. I was a different man who walked in behind those walls. The man that left those gates had a spirit that was alive and thriving and had a belief in himself that could not be conquered, a belief in himself that he had created through effort, through blood, sweat, and tears every single day, through fighting through every negative thought, every moment of fear, depression, angst, in such an extreme setting. And I knew that if I could make it through that time in prison, it was just a matter of time before I found success in the outside world. It was just, what do I want? That was it. That was the only question that was looming over my head. What do I want to do now? I knew that whatever I chose, I would be successful at it. Too many of you are living like you're going to get a do-over, a second chance. Every day in my jail cell was a reminder of what was at stake for me. Every day I woke up and I just saw those concrete walls. I saw that person sleeping, you know, feet, a couple feet away from me. I ate that sloppy food. I missed my family. Every Christmas, every birthday they went by, every letter, you know, all the people that died when I was in prison, all the memories of my potential wasted, my youth that I'd never get back. That pain is what still drives me today. I know that pain so well. I feel it every morning when I wake up and I got to go. The only thing that can help me to overcome the pain in that moment and my past is living to my fullest in the present moment. I wake up and I give my all to this day to make the past right. And I never can make it right, but it's my driving force. It's the impetus inside of me that gets me to go relentlessly every day. And if you're not showing up all in every day, you're never going to get to where you want to be in life. You have to accept it. Either accept mediocrity and stop talking about the changes you want to make or who you want to be or dedicate your life and the rest of your life from this moment forward to living, breathing, and being as that person. When you get to the end of your life, I promise you this. If you dedicate every moment from this moment forward to being the person your heart's calling you to be, you'll have the greatest feeling, the greatest highlight reel of your life. 
You'll be so overcome with joy and fulfillment and love. Tears will stream your face, knowing that you gave your all, knowing that you fought through all that inner fear, all of that stuff that was holding you back. It'll be the best feeling you've ever had in your life. But if you get to the end of your life and you have regrets, there was things you didn't do. You were an asshole to your kids. You didn't leave that job you hate. You stayed in toxic relationships. You drank too much. You did all these things that sabotage who you could have been. It's going to eat you alive. And you're going to wish you were dead when you feel that regret. Don't let that happen to you. Today's a reminder. Continue on this journey with me. I'm going to share with you everything that I've done to get to this point. This has been my story of what shifted my perspective and what helped me to understand what was at stake in life and live differently because of that going forward. Now I want to share with you the strategies, the techniques, the things that you need to be doing in your life every single day to build that same belief in yourself that I've found in myself, to have that same conviction in the way you live your life every day as the way that I live my life every day, to create the ultimate vision and find the courage within to pursue that vision relentlessly until it's become your life. This is the path to the unstoppable mindset. I'm Shawn Michael Crane. Let's fucking go. Thanks for checking out the episode. Please make sure to subscribe from whatever platform you're tuning in from to check out more content from Unstoppable Mindset in the future. I'd love it if you could leave a review as well and make sure to share this episode with someone that can find value in this message. You can find me on all major social media platforms at Shawn Michael Crane, as well as on YouTube at Unstoppable Mindset, where I'm going to keep bringing you value and fire to serve you in your life.